Welcome to yet another MTG podcast. Today I have Sam with me once again, and we are going to be diving into his Timnatana CEDH Blood Pod deck. Yeah, um, Timnatana are an interesting uh, partner combination. You don't really see them too often, but they're not obscure. So, no, uh, and definitely not Timna in CEDH. Oh no, Timna sees plenty of play whether it's with Thrasios as arguably one of the most powerful partner combos. Tinna is very powerful on her own. She reads lifelink at the beginning of your post-combat main phase you may pay x life where x is the number of opponents that were dealt combat damage this turn if you do draw x cards and of course partner. And all this for one and a white and a black 2-2 human cleric. Yeah, for three mana, as long as you can get three creatures to attack and then they all connect with one of your opponents, you'll basically pay three life to draw three cards in your post-combat. Yeah, and I mean, drawing cards in general is arguably one of the most powerful things you can do in the game, let alone on your commander at three mana. It's pretty powerful. Uh, And she also has a lifelink, so that helps when paying the life to draw cards. And of course, as is the theme of the deck, both of my commanders have to do with combat damage. So Tana is two and a red and a green for uh, four mana for a 2-2 Elf Druid with Trample. Now, a 2-2 with Trample, you say? What do you even do with that? It's one more power than one of my favorite cards, Charging Badger. It's one green for a 1-1 with Trample. Yeah, I mean, there are plenty of ways to pump her up, but... When she deals combat damage to a player, you're going to create that many 1-1 green sapperling creature tokens. Those creatures can then swing at your other opponents, drawing you more cards. So this deck is lacking just one color, the most important color. Arguably. Uh, uh, It is missing blue. So this is whatever the four color combination is that doesn't have blue because they all have weird names and we don't memorize those. No. So nobody does. This is non-blue CDH, which is kind of interesting for yeah. CDH. No mm. counter spells besides a few. Yeah, you don't see. I mean, you don't see a ton of competitive decks without blue. Yeah, and if they are, they're usually like pretty, like raggedy. They're they're barely sticking together. They really struggle at a table to keep up with everybody. Yeah, that um, or they're all stacks heavy. Yeah. Um, but Which this one has... This one is a little stacks heavy. I have played a few games against it. It's pretty oppressive. It's it's very oppressive that without blue, it is um, where it is right now. Yeah. I mean, without blue, you're, you, you don't have your counter spells. Not a ton of interaction for counter play. So you kind of have to anticipate things before, before they arrive. So there's tons of hate bears, tons of you know, counter, counter spells and all that kind of uh, stuff to give protection to my commanders as well as my hate bears. 
So this commander set, uh, looking at EDH rec, uh, I like to do this little part because it's really interesting to see how common commanders are to see at a table, how uncommon they are. Tana and Timna are number 227, which is pretty uncommon. They're more common in a table full of CDH players, but even then, you're most likely seeing your Timna and Thrasios, your Kenrith, Kess. You don't see a ton of Timna and Tana um, often. That being said, the deck is almost defined by its combo known as uh, Blood Pod. Also, this is a clearly a CDH deck list. Uh, just scrolling through, you can definitely see by some of the cards, um, and the commanders especially, this is a pretty big purchase for someone if they wanted to uh, build this deck. Yeah, I mean, there are definitely some budget-friendly cards. There are plenty of budget-friendly cards in the list. There are also plenty of budget-friendly replacements that you can purchase instead that being said, I'm sitting around a budget of 1600 Yeah, that quite a budget. Obviously, you did not go out and uh, spend $1,600 at one shot. This has been slowly building up over time. Yeah, I mean, this has been roughly years in the making. I mean, that being said, I've kind of gone back and forth with decks. I originally had a Timnan Thrasios deck, and this has kind of, you know, trickled down... So, since it is CDH, uh, we were talking about this before the show, you're saying the power level is a 9. I'd say, yeah, it's a, it's around a 9. I, I definitely have plenty of ways to win. I have tutors. Um, I have uh, plenty of stacks pieces, plenty of interaction. But I am missing quite a, a couple um, key pieces that, would, I, that I'd need to make it to 10. So I, I don't have any of uh, the OG dual lands. I don't have, you know, a guy that's cradle or anything of, of that sort. I'm not spending a couple hundred dollars on, on one one single card. That being said, I do have all the fetches, all the shocks. I have plenty of mana ramp, plenty of removal, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not necessarily skimping out, but... Yeah, I think I'm missing just a, a couple key cards to to bump this over to ten. All right. Well, let's. Uh, we've kind of gone over the general idea of how Tana and Timna wins, which is very odd because it's kind of more aggro for CDH instead of kind of combo heavy, even yeah. though it does involve have some combos. You see, roughly two combo heavy decks in CDH. It's generally your Najila with, you know, infinite combat steps and that kind of stuff. Or, you know, Tim Nantana. And then I think those are your only real combat heavy uh, CDH decks. That being said, I do have three ways to win. And they all have something to do with combat damage. So the first one, unsurprisingly, is just by swinging. Whittling down my opponents from their... 40 uh, starting life total down to zero. That's it's as simple as you can get. I have Timna drawing cards, gaining life. I have Tana creating sapperlings. I can pump those, hope that my opponents are killing themselves with Shocklands and, you know, uh, Mana Crypt. Yeah, surprisingly, that is actually a really effective uh, strategy in CEDH because, like, 
I play Esper and I'm over here like, oh, I'm just going to go fetch. I'm going to play Limnal's Vault. I'm going to play Adnaz. And then it's like, oh, I'm at like five health and you have 21 one Sapperlings. It's like, wow, this is how I die in CDH. I have a fistful of counter spells and I'm dead. Yeah. And I mean, it's certainly meta dependent. Like if you're running a toxic deluge, then I kind of fold. Um, it's surprisingly, I, I wouldn't say easy, but not a lot of um, control decks run creatures, surprisingly. So if I swarm the board, it's kind of almost too late to stop. So you're talking a little bit about combos. Um, let's kind of look at what combos you are running. So your first combo is a pretty basic Aggravated Assault and Bear Umber combo. Aggravated Assault is just a two and a red enchantment that just says pay three and two red to basically untap all your creatures and get an extra combat. Bear Umber, we talked about in the part one episode, looking back at um, all of the things that came out in MTG this year, because it is in the Kamigawa, um, it got reprinted in one of the Kamigawa commander decks. Bear Umbra is two and two green for a enchantment aura that reads, enchanted creature gets plus two plus two and has, whenever you attack with this creature, untap all lands you control. And it has totem armor. Both of them are pretty cheap. Of course, mana-wise, not, not money-wise. Uh, aggravated Assault sitting roughly around 40-ish. That being said, uh, they're both enchantments, so I can tutor them up with Enlightened Tutor. I can get them out pretty fast and... I mean, Bear Ombra gives Totem Armor, which is really good against removal. And yeah, I mean, as long as I have five lands, that's infinite combat steps, which if I have one creature more than my opponents can block, that's game. Yeah. And so the second combo that I'm running is off of Birthing Pod. And at this point, if you're familiar with Tim Nantana, you're familiar with the Birthing Pod line. Basically, you're going to run Birthing Pod and now Vivian as a suitable replacement. And all you need is that card and Timna yeah. or any other uh, three CMC creature. Yeah, it's uh, oddly convenient that there is a three CMC creature right in your command zone. Yeah, oddly convenient. I wonder, wonder who thought of that. Yeah. So basically, you're going to activate... Um, birthing pod well first of all whether you're running birthing pod or vivian it's going to add up to six mana exactly especially if you're paying life for birthing pod basically you'll need to activate it multiple times a turn yeah so it's going to add up to six mana which is the same amount of mana that you're casting for vivian anyways so they're both basically equivalents but you're going to activate um birthing pod and let's assume that you're paying the life every time for the phyrexian green yeah we're not going to worry about counting up the mana that we need to for this combo it's six mana altogether for the combo said and done yeah so you're going to uh, sacrifice a creature search for a creature with one cmc greater than that creature's cmc so sack timna or any other three cmc go find felidar guardian who's at four then felidar guardian's going to etb he's going to blink uh birthing pod Birthing pod, you're going to activate again, sacking Felidar Guardian. Felidar Guardian's going to grab something with five. That's going to be Karmic Guide. Karmic Guide's going to ETB. It's going to return any creature that entered the graveyard this turn. That'll be Felidar Guardian. 
Now that our guardian's going to ETB, it's going to blink Birthing Pot again. You're going to activate it for the third time this turn, sacking Felidar Guardian to find Kikijiki at five. Now Kikijiki enters the battlefield with haste, so you're going to tap it to create a copy of Karmic Guide. Karmic Guide, yes. Yeah, and then it's going to ETB, return Felidar Guardian to the battlefield, blink uh, <laughs> Kikijiki, then you're going to tap it to create a copy of Felidar Guardian, and that loop will go infinite to create an infinite number of... Felidar Guardians. Yeah. Um, so Felidar Guardian basically blinks Kikijiki, and every time that a permanent or creature leaves the battlefield and comes back, it is seen as a new instance, so it can activate its abilities. Uh, if it's a Planeswalker with Vivian and blinking it with Felidar, you can activate its Planeswalker abilities basically multiple times a turn. So yeah, and then the cool thing about this combo is obviously it doesn't go infinite and infinite and infinite that you uh, lose the game because you can't ever stop it. Yeah. Uh, Felidar can just blink any permanent so you're like oh i have eight billion felidars i'll just blink birthing pot again for the last time yeah or like land yeah anything but this combo is very easy to pull off as i said earlier you only need birthing pod or vivian in your hand assuming that you have timna in the command zone or on the battlefield it, it's really easy to pull off and with all the mana dorks and excess mana ramp that you have sitting around getting to six is not not hard um so those were the combos uh that second one is pretty con complicated a little yeah, convoluted we got a little tripped up on yeah it. we got a little tripped up forgetting that kikijiki is five mana so you can't sack karmic guide to go get him creating a copy of karmic guide to bring back felidar anyway the combo is there we did state it correctly then but yeah it's a really interesting combo it involves kind of not a whole lot of pieces on the field, but it goes and fetches them all out of your deck. So now just like overview the deck, uh, looking at some numbers. Uh, it says you have eight sources of card draw. Yeah, and I mean, most of them are straight up card draw. Some of them are stacks pieces that draw cards and others are not necessarily card draw themselves, but enable Timna to draw more cards. Yeah, and I mean, I think that's important. Uh, you have cards that just outright say card draw. You have cards that'll slowly, over the time of the game, will draw you cards. I think one of my favorite cards in your card draw is uh, Mentor of the Meek, especially in a CDH uh, setting. Mentor of the Meek basically is just a creature that says whenever another creature with power two or less enters the battlefield under your control, you can pay one colorless mana, and if you do, draw a card, which is pretty interesting with Tana. Yeah, I mean, Tana creates sapperlings, so, I mean, at her base power and toughness, I can swing in, and if, assuming there are no blocks, I can pay two, draw two. And, I mean, that's that's pretty powerful. Yeah, one mana for one card is still pretty good in CDH. Next, you have your protection stuff, so you have creatures that, like, Selfless Spirit can sacrifice, give all your stuff indestructible, you have a deflecting swat, of course... Uh, you also have some reanimation in there, like Savine's Reclamation and Reanimate. Um, but yeah, it's definitely important to protect your creatures, like you said, from like a Toxic Deluge, from board wipes and stuff. So um, you definitely want to play things like Tamiyo's Safekeeping to give them like Indestructible and Hexproof. Mm -hmm. Veil of Summer is in here too. Also, Cantrips counts as kind of a counterspell. Pretty good card. Yeah. And Vexing Shusher, I believe, is pretty important to the list because 
yeah, you uh, you really can't counter back much. So playing Vexing Sushir and just paying that one red or a green to give any spell uncounterable. Yeah, I mean, when when you play CEDH, you'll more often than not find yourself playing against a blue player. Me. Yeah. For, for the most part, almost all of your opponents are going to be playing some form of blue. Um, and with that comes counter spells. You kind of can't get away from that. So with Vexing Shusher and similar effects, I can sit this on the battlefield and it can't be countered to, to begin with. And then I can pay a hybrid gr uh, red-green and any of my spells can't be countered now too. So now I can kind of sit around, play my stacks pieces, slow the game down, play my combo pieces, and as long as I ha uh, can hold up some sort of like protection, I am essentially untouchable. Yeah. Um, so moving right along then, looking more down the list, you have 13 sources of ramp, um, most of them being mana dorks, because obviously you're green. Uh, with birthing pot effects, it's really good too, depending on their mana value, so you can go get more and more things. Mm-hmm. Um, removal, you have 12. Removal is pretty important if you've ever played a game of Commander. Fire Covenant uh, is in here. Fire Covenant's so cool. Yes, it is. Uh, it's a targeted board wipe, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, with my deck um, running the way it does, you kind of end up using your life as a resource, which shouldn't come as a surprise. Most decks do. In CDH, it is fairly common. But with Fire Covenant, it, it's essentially a one-sided Toxic Deluge. Yeah, uh, it's definitely an interesting card. Sees not enough play. Oh, yeah. It's it's a great card. It is in Rakdos, so it's a little color restrictive. But if you are in those colors, 100% recommend picking it up. Wipes everybody else's board but yours for the loss of maybe a fourth of your life. Yeah, and it, I mean, it's a cheap card too, um, both mana-wise and money-wise. I think last time I checked, the older version's sitting around 3 to $5. Wow. It's it's cheap. And I mean, let's say you wanted to get the, the Secret Lair one. I mean, you're still only spending like $12. Uh, next category you have down is stacks. Everybody's favorite to play against. Yeah, well... As I said before, when you're not running blue, you kind of don't have any other choice. Yeah, that's fair. Also, if your stacks is on hate bearers and you're playing Timna, it's pretty good because they can also draw you cards. Yeah, they can swing in, I can pay life, and that's card advantage right there. And on top of that, my first way of winning is just purely through combat damage. So stacks pieces like Avon Mind Sensor that have flying are, are perfect for the stack. Yeah, and you're kind of stopping your opponents from either comboing out or playing much of their things, and you're just slowly whittling them away over time until you can just kind of kill them in one foul swoop. We'll see stacks pieces that are pretty often seen in this list, like Opposition Agent, Dothy Voidwalker, uh, Drenith Magistrate. Yeah, Drenith Magistrate, Collector Oof. I mean, you've definitely seen these cards around the format. Yeah, it, it's nothing new can still hear the echoes of groans from past games of people seeing cards like blind obedience and like turn one so all their rocks are now going to enter tapped i will admit it it is a feels bad moment but when you're playing with a deck it's definitely a feels good moment the 
Esper player is not comboing off turn one anymore. It's true. The last category you have is tutors. CDH tutors are really important. You have six tutors. I'm running the ever-popular Demonic Tutor and Vampiric Tutor, as well as Diabolic Intent, which can sacrifice a creature, search my library for any card. And you know, with Tana creating uh, Sapperlings, I can just sack the fodder that she creates to search my library for anything. I'm also running Enlightened Tutor because of my, well... Birthing, many, birthing Pod. Birthing Pod alone, but also my two other um, enchantment... Aggravated Assault, Bear Umbra. Yeah, yeah. my combos. So it, Enlightened Tutor is just a really good card overall. Plus, I'm running some enchantment stacks pieces. I'm also running Finale of Devastation. Surprise. I can search for any of my stacks pieces... I can search for mana dorks. I could even end the game by pumping all my creatures if I get up to that much mana. Yeah, if you have like a bunch of sapper leagues out and you give them all plus 10, plus 10, and trample, that's pretty game-ending for yeah. a CDH table. Yeah, and I mean, I'm also running Imperial Recruiter, who's gotten pretty cheap uh, now, but I can search for any creature with power 2 or less and put it into my hand and... You know, comes as no surprise that most of my stacks pieces happen to have power two or less. So I can throw this guy out. He's an attacker. So I can swing with Timni and draw cards. And then also still have another creature at in my hand ready to play. Also, pretty notably, he is three mana. Yeah, so he also can be sacked. Yeah, it also starts the blood, bot, blood pod combo. Yeah, and I mean, other than that, I'm running, you know... All of the fetch lands that I can, and all of the shock lands, lands that yep. I can. And then, of course, um, I'm running Command Tower, City of Brass, Mana Confluence, Fabled Passage. There's a Saga. Yeah. Spire of Industry. Yeah, all the CDH staple lands are in here. Um, obviously, like you said, Gaia's Cradle's missing, but I mean, how many players can actually go out and buy a Gaia's Cradle? Yeah, and I mean, other than that, like I said, I'm not at the point where I I am willing to spend money on like OG dual lands, but it it's a pretty pretty good uh, deck list, I'd say. So Sam, what is your favorite card from the list? If you could point to one card and be like, this card holds the whole deck together. Mm, holds the deck together. Besides besides the commanders, obviously, because I mean you built the deck around them. I'd say one of my pet cards, I guess, is this uh, Price of Glory. It's a stacks piece, two in a red enchantment. It says, whenever a player taps a land for mana during another player's turn, destroy that land. I hate this card. Now, this card is, to me, amazing because it's not necessarily limiting my opponents from doing whatever they want on their turn. Yeah. Uh, as a person who exclusively plays the color blue and likes to mess with your turn, I hate seeing this card hit the table. Yeah, and I mean, especially with my protection, like uh, Tamiya's safekeeping, I can give it indestructible, hexproof protection from blue-black with Veil of Summer. It's it's a good card. I can agree it's good. Obviously, I do not like this card. Um, I can definitely see the appeal, though, seeing as it really hurts me, a blue player, yeah. from interacting much 
Um, it also stops a lot of people from playing removal on someone's end step to save up mana for their turn. It makes them do it on their turn to waste resources. Yeah. It's just, to me, it's like the ideal stacks piece because it's not hurting me really because I don't play on my opponent's turns. It's not, well, too often. It's not hurting my opponents unless they make it hurt them. To me, it's a very balanced card. It, it keeps it keeps magic on your own turn. So I think that about rounds it out looking at Timna and Tana Blood Pod, the CDH list that uh, Sam brought today. Yeah, uh, it was a pleasure. Hope you enjoyed my deck. <laughs> uh, yeah, we want to thank Sam for coming back once again. Uh, it was definitely fun looking at a CDH uh, deck list. We'll definitely be doing a lot more casual lists in the future, bringing on a few more guests. I would like to bring on maybe some of my personal decks. Uh, maybe we'll look at my CDH deck one day, which is Aminato, which was Sam's commander, which I stole. Yeah. Yeah, I think that about rounds it out for us today. So we will be back later. <laughs>